Good morning. It is wonderful to be back in the Lord's house on a Sunday morning. We desperately missed that last week. Uh, for those of you guys that were here, sorry that was a little weird. It was, you're right. Uh, but hey, technology, we could do it. And so that's, you know, that's the cool part is that we were able to do that. Welcome everybody joining us online. We know people are still traveling and still got holidays to, to get together here for Christmas. And we still have one that we had to postpone till this week um, because we were all sick the week before. And so we get it. We, we understand completely what uh, everybody is going through right now for sure. I want to draw your attention to the screen behind me um, and that picture that you see there. Some of you might have noticed a banner whenever you came in as well. This will be um, not just the new sermon series that starts next week, but this will actually be our theme for the entire new year. Um, everything throughout this next year, we're going to be bringing this up a lot, this idea, this whole life of worship. Um, it's going to be essential to, to all the things we try to do throughout this next year. The, the outreach projects that we attempt, uh, the community things we uh, try to do, uh, the sermon series that we travel through throughout God's Word through this next year. And so go ahead and begin thinking about this and what this might mean to you. What's really cool is we've got a neat five-Sunday uh, sermon series planned for the month of January that's going to end um, with a fun Sunday on that fifth Sunday. So just be ready. Um, and this will be a great time as people begin to get more comfortable, as the world does begin to, to settle into a little bit more of a routine, as the vaccine is more freely distributed. I talked to someone from our church this week that, that is already on the list here in the county for as soon as the county gets some vaccinations to, to get in and, and get those um, for themselves and their family. And so, so just know, um, this will be where we're going. So just what is this? I'm not going to define it for you or anything like that right now. I just want your mind, your imagination to wonder and allow God to speak to you through that title, a whole life of worship and what that looks like and what that means within your life this next year. All right, so, so just consider that as we get started. Um, next week is when we begin that series. It'll be a great time, like I said, for people to begin to get back in. A great opportunity for you to bring others in with you, whether it's in online or it's in physically in person here. All right, thank you guys. Everybody that was able to join us on Thursday night. We knew it wouldn't be a big group this year. We understand that completely uh, with Christmas happening um, the next day. But man, it was still such a great, great evening. We love that chance to get together with you guys, and we pray that that's become something special for you and your family as well. Just that moment to slip away from the crazy, busy prep of getting everything ready for Christmas and actually stopping to consider what it is we're celebrating. Um, it's always been a big deal for us. We have loved it, and it's something that, that I'm going to continue to get to be a part of. And here we are. Christmas has passed now at this point in time, right? You've got to celebrate your Christmas. Hopefully, everybody's Christmases went well, yes? Did they? Good. How many of you are actually able to, I can't see people at home. You can raise your hand if you want. How many of you are actually able to get together with a, a group of your family members and such? Almost everybody in here. That is good. That is good because I know a lot of people were wondering, a lot of people were concerned and worried about that, and so how what a blessing it is that you were able to do that. Um, I don't know if, if you've thought about it, but I, I do. I love Christmas. You're going to hear that every year for many years to come. Um, I do. I truly love Christmas. But the, the spirit that exists around Christmas, have you ever really considered it? Have you ever really thought about it? Because I think there's something deeper there than really even what a lot of believers will consider. Because I believe that this is still God. I really do. I really believe that, that this, this spirit that exists within this holiday season is still the presence of the spirit of God in this world to this day. And he, he, 
it's not always around. It doesn't feel like it's always around, but something special happens at Christmas. And, and we, everybody kind of experiences that spirit just a little bit. Now, some people are curious and they wonder what that spirit is, where it comes from. We know. We absolutely know. A lot of people don't. They don't care to know anything about what the Christmas spirit is, where it comes from. The Holy Spirit, of course, is the driving force behind that. But the reality is this. I believe that that spirit, which is still alive in this world to this very day, can harden or can soften the hardest of hearts. And I think that happens a lot during this Christmas season. People are more receptive to the gospel message. When we share the true story, not just of Christmas, but of Christ and his coming to this earth, and his living a sinless life, and ultimately his dying a perfect death for all of us so that we could be forgiven for our sins. But there's more to that story because we know here in just a few months, David was already talking this morning. He's already talking about planning Easter. <laughs> yes, that's what you do in the church world when you're working there. Right? Christmas, okay, it's over. Easter. The reality is it's not even just Easter. You see, believers, remember, there's another date we're waiting on, isn't there? He's coming again. He's coming again, and if you're not excited about that, if this last year hasn't got you a little more excited about that second coming, then I'm not sure where you've been this last year, to be honest. Okay, you should be really excited about that second coming because finally everything will be made right. But thankfully, it hasn't come yet. Now, some of you know, oh, I wish it would. No, you don't. No, you don't. How many people do you know that don't know Jesus yet? Is that selfish? You wish Christ would just come so all those people go to hell? I hope you don't say that. I really do. I really want you to think deeply about that thought and then the opportunities that we have in this year to come. God, all I want for Christmas has been the theme of this series. We've got one last message, and that's today. And it's simply this, something to believe in. God, all I want is something to believe in, or shall I say someone to believe in. Does the world truly want something to believe in? I'm just throwing that out there. Think about it. Does it? Does it? I don't know if it does. I really don't. We've kind of constructed a world where we pretend that we don't need anything, right? We can do it all on our own. We can handle it. We can fix it. We can take care of it all on our own. And if we can't, we can order it from Amazon, right? That's kind of the world in which we all live at this point in time. We don't need anything until, of course, we do <laughs> because we've all come to that point. We don't need to get married any longer. No point, right? I mean, you don't believe me? Um, well, people don't stay married. We know that. But the reality is people don't even get married anymore. There was a study done in 2018, 2019 that came out. 35% of Americans aged 25 to 50 have never been married. 35%. That's 39 million people. In 1970, that number was 9%. We don't need friends. We've got Facebook. Got all the friends we could ever want, right? We don't need to work. We've got welfare, right? We, we take care of us. We don't have to do anything. That's the world in which we live now. What about God? Do people need to believe in God? Do people even want to believe in God? It's a great question, and there's been research done. In November of 2019, so just one year ago, there was a series of questions asked by Gallup. The highest level of answer, 87% of people said they believe in God. If you just ask them a simple yes or no, do you believe in God, yes or no, question. Okay? That's a great starting point. But that number begins to drop very rapidly when you pinpoint the question just a little bit further. 79%, the, the number changed to 79% when you gave them three options. Do you believe in God? Do you, are you sure about God? Or do you not believe in God? The, the number dropped. But then it goes further on 
beyond that. Belief in God drops even further when you ask them a more pointed question, are you convinced that there's a God? Only 64% said, yes, I'm convinced that God exists. What about Jesus? Well, they continue to ask these questions. Do people believe in Jesus? Well, kind of, kind of. They do. Nine in ten adults say that Jesus Christ was a real person. Ninety-two percent believe that Jesus Christ was a real, real person. That sounds like a great number until you begin to dig in and find out what they actually meant. Only 56 percent believe that Jesus was God. Twenty-six percent, he was a religious leader just like a Muhammad or a Buddha. The remaining 18 percent say they're not even sure if Jesus was divine at all. But maybe the most troubling statistic was 52% of Americans agree that while Jesus lived on earth, he was actually a sinful human, just like everyone else. Now, I would contend that you can't kind of believe in Jesus. It's really not possible. Either he was who he claimed to be, he did what he said to be. I would, I would argue that he proved who he said he was, that his teachings, his life, his miracle, his resurrection... And ultimately, his return one day are to be fully believed. Or he was a liar who shouldn't be trusted in anything at all that he said. You can't really have it both ways. You see, he can't be Jesus, the Messiah, and not be the Son of God. He cannot be Emmanuel, God with us, and not be God, can he? He cannot be the resurrected Savior of the world if he's still a dead body in a tomb somewhere. And that's where we're at. You see, people need something to believe in, but they're just not sure what or who or how. In fact, we were actually created to believe. If you didn't know that, it's not just the Bible that teaches us that. But we aren't forced to believe in the truth. We ultimately can believe anything that we want to. I read an interesting article in the American Psychological Association, <clears throat> from the American Psychological Association. It was called A Reason to Believe. And it's research they're doing on religion and people's lives and where that comes from, from a, a mental standpoint, if you will. The article opened with these words, religion may fill the human need for finding meaning, sparing us from existential angst, don't you love those big words, while also supporting social organization, researchers say. Researchers who study psychological and neurological science of religion are helping to explain why such beliefs are so enduring. They're finding that religion may, in fact, listen carefully to this, religion may, in fact, be a byproduct of the way our brains work. Hmm. Growing from cognitive tendencies to seek order from chaos, to bring to life or humanize our environment, and to believe the world around us was created for our use. Well, how about that? Huh. Belief in God just might be a byproduct of the way our brains work. Uh, let me change it. Maybe, just maybe, it might be the way our brains work. Have we ever considered that? Kids, without being taught even the smallest things about God, understand that the natural world was created with purpose and meaning. Adults, we, we tend to search for meaning, especially in difficult times and times of uncertainty. We seem to be born with a bias to believe in the supernatural, Kids as young as three will naturally attribute supernatural abilities and immortality to something called God, even if they've never been taught anything about God. Isn't that interesting? We were created to believe, specifically to believe in God, in his son Jesus Christ, in his spirit. So why don't 
we? Why don't we? The word is the world is, is searching for something to believe in. We are pre-programmed to believe in God. It's literally in our DNA, yet so many people find everything out there under the sun. But God, how does that work? Well, see, in the beginning was man, and man was with God in the garden. After creation, it says that man walked with God, and he talked with God. Now, some of you might be familiar with a song that had some lyrics that went something like this. And he walked with me, and he talked with me, and he tells me that I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever. No. I just, just a moment ago, I pinned that this morning. It just came to me. I don't know. It's one of my grandma's favorite songs, I believe, if that's correct. My mother would shake your head, yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You see, that is how life was meant to be. And that is how life will once again be for all eternity. In the meantime, we live in this fallen creation where now we're given the option to walk with God. God wants to walk with us. He absolutely will walk with us and talk with us if we allow him to. But we're too distracted by this world that surrounds us. So we allow both the good and the bad to, to grab our hands and pull us apart away from our God. We listen to the voices and the lies of this world instead of the loving voice of our God. We allow our eyes to focus on all the things and the distractions of this world, and we lose sight of the Creator of this world. And that's what happens to believers. What about those that don't know Jesus yet? What about those people? What are they doing? Well, you've seen them. They're running their lives at this breakneck speed, trying to keep up with the pace of everything around them. They're hearing all of these things from the world, and these things are becoming truth now to them in their lives. Their eyes are focused on the, the darkness that exists all around them. They're focused on the things of this world and the things that it values. It, they try to obtain those things at all costs until many people then begin to resent those things because they cannot obtain them, not because they found a better way, but because they've just lost all hope in trying to ever achieve those worldly things, and now they're just left to live in existence in this world, and that is what's left for them. God, all they want for Christmas is truthfully something to believe in. How about people? How about people to believe in? Have any of you ever believed in someone only to have them let you down? Have you ever put your hope in someone <clears throat> only to have them let you down? I don't know about you. Maybe this describes humanity at its finest right there. We are really, really good at letting people down. It is human nature. And myself, as a sinner, I know that I fit that description absolutely perfectly. Don't think that I'm proud of that. I'm not in any way. My goal and your goal should be the same. We should desire to become more like Jesus so that when we do fall short, when we do let people down, the first thing we should do is ask and beg for their forgiveness. The first thing we should do is realize our mistakes and learn from them. One of the things that the Apostle Paul wrote that I'm always the most troubled by is something that is it's very difficult to swallow. It's from 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1. 
And he simply said this, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Now, some think Paul is being arrogant here, and he's saying he's perfect, and so you should follow him. No, quite the contrary to that. He messed up all the time, but he knew he was going in the right direction. So if you chose to follow Paul, then you would at least be pursuing Christ, even if he messed up along the way. Can that be said of my life? Can that be said of your life? If someone was seeking someone, something to believe in, would they see Jesus within your life? Matter of fact, take it a step further. If that person began following you and their life began to reflect yours in some ways, would they begin to look like you or would they begin to look like Jesus? You see, here's the reality. For someone that has never heard the name of Jesus, someone who has no idea what the true meaning of Christmas is all about, to automatically believe in a God that they can't physically see. Furthermore, a God that they have probably been taught their whole life doesn't really exist and isn't really real. Could that happen? Well, sure, of course, absolutely it could. It happens every day. The Spirit can, hard, can soften the hardest of hearts. But the reality is God has put you and God has put me here to help them in that belief process. And if our life begins to reflect the love of Jesus, if we can tell others how God has changed us and how he is working right now in our lives, then all of a sudden our faith is not a theory. Our God is no longer invisible. He is now real, and he is doing great, great things in each and every one of our lives. We just have to share those with others. Throughout this series, we ask God to show up. We talked about Isaiah and the prophets. They would routinely do that, pray for God just to show up and come down and help his people, save his people. Today, all over this world, people are crying out with that same message. God, please show up. God, please reveal yourself. God, please help me in this time of suffering, of pain. And the reality is that God is here now. I gave you some lyrics from an older tune. Here's some lyrics from a newer tune that we will sing from time to time. Here, now, still my heart. Why? So I can just get rid of all these distractions around me. Fix my eyes on the things that I, I can't see now, God. Spirit, yes, we're calling on the Spirit to breathe like the wind. Have your way. God, you do what you do because I know you're in this place. Believer, do you believe that? Do you believe that the Spirit of God is here now, especially when the world around us completely ignores his existence. You see, for the world, the problem still goes back to how he came. <laughs> he won, they, the world still wants that military, political, societal, social conqueror, an authority figure to fix everything. Well, here's the problem. Jesus didn't come to fix everything. Jesus came to fix me and you. And through us, he ultimately, one day, yeah, well, he will make everything right. But there was that middle step. The world still wants that overriding power. He showed up in a big, giant, miraculous way, but not by the world's standard. There wasn't a parade. There wasn't any breaking network news. He just simply came to proclaim the good news through this irrelevant couple that God used to bring in the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, in this famous historical town of Bethlehem, the city of David, but now it's just a suburb of Jerusalem. God showed up, but very, very few people noticed. He lived a humble life. 
he gathered a group of unimportant, uninfluential, mostly uneducated men to follow him. He shared the good news that the kingdom of God is near. He forgave sin. He fed the masses, both physical and spiritual food. He healed so many different people. The good news, the amazing news, the great news about him spread in the world. Well, the world did not want to hear the good news. I alluded to that a couple weeks ago, and some of you didn't necessarily believe me, but the world seeks to end good news. It wants no part of it forever. In Jesus' case, it wanted to rid the world of his existence. The world does the same thing today. Nothing has really changed. The good news of Jesus would have upset the ways of the Jewish community. It might have messed with the way Roman, Rome conducted business. As a matter of fact, if you've studied history, you know that it did in a major way. Imagine how the good news of Jesus would change things today. If people began looking to Jesus Christ instead of fill in the blank with whatever the world wants you to look to, that would render so many things, so many industries, so many institutions completely meaningless. It would certainly take some money out of some people's pockets. If people began to follow his teachings, this thing called hate would, would truly be replaced with this thing called love for one another. The pursuit of personal pleasure would be replaced with the pursuit of others and striving to fulfill their needs. And that would definitely mess with some of the world's greatest money-making industries. What if everyone worked as hard as they could as if serving for the Lord? What if we loved each other as ourselves? What if we loved others and ourselves because we realized that we're all made in God's image? <laughs> what if people believed in the truth? Not my truth, not their truth, not your truth, not your feelings about the truth, but the absolute truth as presented in God's word. You see, discrimination of all kinds would come to an end. Not because we accept sinful lifestyles, but because we recognize our sin. And we recognize and we seek God's help to pursue a better way. And when we do find ourselves stuck in sin, we seek God to forgive us and to help us overcome that sin, rather than what we do now, which is seek others who will accept and approve of our sin. You see the difference in what believing in Jesus and the good news would do. The good news of Jesus' birth set into plan that motion, that hope of redemption, that hope of forgiveness, that hope of everlasting life and eternity with our Creator. From the time of Christ's birth till now, many people have heard the good news, yes. Some have accepted it, yes. Others have rejected it. Here's the problem in our culture today. Most have never even been exposed to it. If they only knew... If they only knew they could have the new beginning we talked about last week. If they only knew that they were created on purpose and for a purpose. If they only knew there was a better way. If they only knew there was more to this life. If only someone would tell them. If only we would reach out to them. If only you and I could talk to them and let them know. If you're a believer then this passage, you, you have heard these words many times. I want to challenge you to hear them in a new way. If you're not a new believer, if you're not a believer in Jesus yet, if you're still trying to sort all of this out, still looking for something to believe in, then I pray that these words will challenge you to consider Jesus. These aren't my words in any way. These are his. Some of the most famous words ever spoken on planet Earth. Words that have now been translated in more than 2,200 languages with the capacity 
to reach more than 6.9 billion people on planet Earth. That's a lot. That's approximately how many versions of John 3.16 now exist out there. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Because that he could not send his son into this world to condemn it, but to save it, that message needs heard. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. That message must be preached too. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people loved darkness. We could probably replace that with present tense, couldn't we? People love darkness instead of the light. Why? Because the light exposes their evil deeds. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for the fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. This is so important. Jesus came as an infant. Why? So that we would believe. Jesus did not come as a wealthy influential king or politician. Why? He came as a common man so that we would believe. Jesus lived among the people, not above them in any way. Why? So that we would believe. Jesus taught anyone, anyone who was willing to listen, the poor and uneducated, as well as the wealthy and the learned, all were drawn to hear his words. Jesus healed the influential. Jesus healed the complete outcast. There was no discrimination in the life of Jesus. He came for all. He never placed one group, one race, one gender in opposition to another. He came to truly unite everyone. He came to unite everything. And the only thing that could ever and will ever be able to bring humanity together, and that is through him and his love. And in this new year ahead, it's really up to each one of us to share that news. God, all I want for Christmas is someone to believe in. If you are searching for something to believe in, here's the cool thing. Jesus is standing at the door, and he'll continue to knock. Jesus will never force his way in. He will not impose himself upon you. I know so many people would love, if God would only just force himself in and make me believe, then I would believe. No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. The choice will always be yours. He stands upon who he is. He stands upon what he said and what he has done and what he will do. His record is perfect. It's flawless. His words are inspirational, filled with hope, but... They're the most challenging words. If you truly listen, you will ever hear. If you're lost or you're confused in this world, there's nothing its creator would like to do more than to grab you by the hand and walk through this life with you. Through all of its trails, through all of its trials and detours. We just celebrated the birth of a baby who grew up to be a man, who lived through every one of life's challenges. He felt pain. He felt sorrow. He experienced hunger. He experienced thirst. He knew love. He knew friendship. He knew betrayal. He understands frustration, anger, disappointment, and conflict. Now, if you've paid attention this last year, maybe you have, maybe you haven't. Some of us quit paying attention, probably. The world has offered us so much in this last year, has it not? 
Think about it. If you tracked, if you followed every recommendation, hear me, every recommendation from every doctor, every politician, every health organization, every celebrity, every talk show host, there's been one thing that's been constant. Their advice, their opinion, their recommendations, even their facts are always changing. What are we to do with that? Seriously. We are not called to believe in such nonsense. Because that's what it is. It is earthly nonsense. Thankfully, we're not called to believe in all those sources. It leaves people messed up, doesn't it? It leaves people scared and confused and vulnerable and at the mercy of human hands. So why believe in Jesus? Well, because true belief must be in something real. Or in this case, someone real. Someone who will never let you down. Someone who does not just tell you what to do, but instead showed you how to do it. Someone who will not quit on you. Someone who will be honest with you even when it hurts. Someone who will always have your best interests in mind even when you don't have a clue what those interests are. Someone who has already stood up for you in the greatest possible way because he's already laid his life down for you. And the remarkable thing is he laid his life down for you whether or not you ever choose to believe in him. He sacrificed his life so that you might choose to one day believe in him. There was no guarantee you ever would, but he did it anyway. And here's the cool thing. Here you are today hearing that very thing. And Jesus knew that you would. He knew that you would. Whether you're watching at home today, whether you're sitting here in person, or whether you come across this a decade from now, he knew that day would come. And now Jesus wants to be real in your life. He wants you to accept the gift that he has prepared for you. He wants to open the door and walk right into your life if you will let him. If you're a believer, then this Christmas, we looked at those words from the prophet Isaiah, and we have now been challenged in this new year to stand up on the mountaintop and cry out the good news of Jesus. 2021 is at the door. Are we going to do that? How will you do that this year? All we need for Christmas is something to believe in truthfully in life. All we need is Jesus to believe in him. All we need in this new year is something, someone to believe in. You claim this truth as your own. If you're already a believer, it's time to share it like you've never, ever shared it before. God has given you the hope of a new day, a hope of a new year. So here's your challenge to start this new year. If you're in-house, there's some really colorful cards on your chair. If you're not in-house, then grab a Post-it note if you still use such things like paper. And prepare to fill that out. Get a piece of paper. Stick it wherever you'll see it. I think my favorite place would be like the handle on the fridge door. No one is going to miss that spot. Or maybe on the corner of the TV screen. Maybe it's your visor in your car, whatever it is. Maybe you're a technology user like me. And you can just hop out your phone. And you can say, hey, Siri, remind me at 10 a.m. every day to do this. And the crazy thing happens. At 10 a.m. every day, Siri sets an alarm for you. And will remind you to do that at 10 a.m. every day. Did you know she would do that? I'm sure Google has some such feature too, but I'm just telling you, Siri, it works. It does it for me all of the time. Here's what I want you to do on that card. I just want you to make a short list, not a big list, just a short list of a couple people that you know, that you interact with somewhat frequently that just are not believers. You, you, you're very confident they're not believers. They don't attend church anywhere. They, they've never really been in church. Maybe they went as a kid growing up. Just make a list of a couple folks that you know 
Now, maybe you're like, I don't have that common interaction. Okay, there's places you go. Make a list of the, the drive through worker at the coffee shop. I know I'm going to bump into them at least four or five times a week because I'm going to hit that drive through Or maybe it's a local restaurant or maybe it's a cashier. Whatever. Put some people down that you know you're going to have contact with. And I want you to just pray for them every day. That's why you got a neon-colored card for you. Just pray for those specific people every day. That God will soften their heart in this new year to believe. And pray that God will give you a chance to share with them your faith. What God has done in your life. And don't forget to pray believing that God will actually do these things and answer these prayers for you. If you truly do this, then at some point in time, you're going to say, God, why do I keep bumping into, never mind. God, why do I keep having this, never mind, I know, never mind, God, I know. And here's the cool thing, because when you pray believing that God will answer this prayer, then we're going to get to meet them this year. We will. We, we will get to meet them in this place this year. What an incredible new year for those people. What an incredible new year for you as you get to share your faith with them. Father God, as we close out this series, all we want for Christmas. Man, I, I, I can't imagine life without Christmas. I just can't. It's something that I love so very much. But the reality of what Christmas is and, and what it means, I, I can't imagine death without Christmas. And so, Father, if there's someone watching, whether today or somewhere into the future, and wondering about life after death and what happens and if it's real, then, Father, I pray that uh, you become real in their lives right in this moment. That your son and the gift of him coming to this earth, ultimately offering his life for them, becomes real to them in this moment. Father, that you reveal your heart, your love for them. Father, so many people could be watching this someday that are isolated, that are alone. Father, that have no one to, nothing to believe in. Father, they may be near the end. And Father, you want to meet them right where they are. And bring them into your love, I pray that that happens. And Father, for those of us that maybe have been believers for so many years, if we're still here, Father, you still have purpose for our life. You still have meaning for our life. And one of the biggest purposes in that life is to seek and save the lost. Father, to go with your love and share with them what you have done in our life, what you've done to us and through us and in us. And Father, we make this simple list of just a couple names of people we know that just don't believe. People may be going through rough times. People maybe think they have it all together, but they, they do not have a relationship with you right now. I pray that you open those doors in this new year to begin sharing with them the love of Jesus, maybe for the first time ever in their lives. How sad is it that so many have never been told how much you love them. Let that be our mission here at Berea. Whether we're watching at home online, I pray those lists at home are even greater than the lists here. We can invite them to join us, however, whether in person or online, and they can continue to hear about your love and the links that you went to to show us. Father, be with us as we begin this new year together. Let us put you first and foremost in every area of our life as we seek to have a whole life of worship. In Jesus' name we pray.